Tokusatsu, taking the form of many shows including Super Sentai, Kamen Rider, and Metal Heroes. And today, a group of fans come together to review it for you as Toku Secrets. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Toku Secrets Podcast, presented by AnimeSecrets.org. I'm your host, Nathan DeSaw, and today we are going to uh, continue our little uh, review on the current Power Rangers series, Power Rangers Dino Fury. The season two of Dino Fury, well, at least the uh, first half of it, has recently premiered on Netflix. We've watched all 11 episodes, and we're going to be taking a bit of a moment, kind of a break from our pre other two series to talk about it real quick. And of course, when I say we, I mean I got a few other guys in here, so go ahead, guys. Uh, introduce yourself to the audience. We always suck at this, Anthony. <laughs> I want you to go first, Nate Riz. <laughs> but I want you to go first. You're fine. I'll go first, Anthony. Yeah, what if I want to go I'm first? Riz. What? You can't go first anymore. You lost your sand. I would say I would let you go first. Oh, well, okay. Hi, I'm Riz, and I apparently go first. Really? And Anthony. <laughs> We gotta work on our intros. Yeah, yeah we, we definitely. It's been it's been a minute since we did this. <laughs> All right, okay. so no, go ahead, Riz. I'm sorry. Just a little bit. So a brief note before we get started, uh, talking about Dino Fury. Uh, I know that we're doing separate videos for the ran out section, but I feel like this video it's appropriate to briefly mention this. Uh, we mentioned in a previous video. I think it was one of our uh, Shinkinger videos that uh, Dino Fury was nominated for a GLAD reward. Um, that's a, that's the a Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Discrimination. Uh, the, Dino Fury got nominated for its uh, portrayal of a LGBT character. In this case, their Green Ranger, Izzy. And uh, Dino Fury won that award. So uh, that's definitely something that uh, Dino Fury should take pride in. I'm really happy for it. Uh, but with that being said, uh, for um, you know, just to give a little bit of a recap on what's happened, on what happened in Dino Fury previously, uh, uh, we went into detail in our previous video. Uh, you guys can check that out uh, if uh, you haven't already. Uh, but just to kind of cut a long story short, um, the Rangers are. Um, the Dino Fury Rangers are all um, basically the Red and the Gold Ranger are knights from a from another planet that uh, whose world got destroyed by a bunch of beasts called Sporix that were released. The Sporix have started appearing on Earth, and the knight says, "Well, as these uh, four regular people from Earth team up to save them, while a person named Void Knight, who's the main villain, um, is trying to get the Sporix for his own personal means." Well, in this season. Um, now, again, only the first half is premiered, so we can't really say everything that's happened just yet. But uh, it basically picks up from where the uh, last se the first season left off. Um, Void Knight, we now see uh, at the end of the previous season when he was defeated, we actually saw him, um, you know, without his helmet on. So he's kind of a ranger, but so he basically is a ranger character. We find out his name is Tarek. Um, and he's from another planet. 
I don't think that they've revealed what the name of the planet is, but um, at the very end of the season, we find out that he's trying to save his wife from death because she was apparently injured on their home world and he came to Earth and he's trying to get the Sporex so that he can use their energy to revive his wife. Um, and the basic stuff that's happened in the series uh, is that we've now, um, Tarek has now revived his wife. Um, and even though he initially tries to leave Earth, um, his wife becomes, uh, his wife's name is Centura, as I just said. Um, she gets corrupted by, you know, she apparently wants revenge on the Earth it, for reasons that I don't think are completely explained. Maybe I didn't get it. I can let Riz and Anthony explain, but um, just to kind of cut it short, uh, she absorbs energy from the Sporex and she becomes a new villain, um, Void Queen. Uh, her suit, uh, now Void Queen's suit is not from Rhea Soldier, it's actually Madame Noir's suit from Tokyuger. As we, uh, we kind of noted that in our 50th special when we were talking about Tokyuger. So once again, we have another Tokyuger villain suit, even though Tokyuger hasn't been adapted. The first time was when they used Baron Nero's suit for uh, the that game show host guy in Ninja Steel. I can't remember his name. Yeah, uh, Cosmo, Royale. Cosmo Royale. Why yeah. do you remember that? Because Ninja Steel sucks, and that's all. And that's the only thing I can remember. You choose that to remember from Ninja Steel? I mean, he was the only one that actually like had personality that actually like was like, oh well, at least he has something. Man, Dimensions in Danger is much more memorable. Yeah, uh, but... Uh, but it ain't good, but it's more memorable. Yeah. Alright, tangent over. <laughs> uh, the only other things is that uh, we've seen a couple of... Um, uh, we've seen a couple of, uh, you know, new developments with the Rangers. Of course, uh, you know, uh, most of the Rangers, except... Uh, Actually, no, I, I think we can say that all six of the Rangers, including Ion, unfortunately, and we'll go into that in a bit, have gotten yes. focus episodes here. Um, we, uh, um, of course, they have, you know, news Zords, um, and we'll go over. Uh, the main one is the Terra Free Zord, which has its own battle mode, which is pretty cool. So they have a new Megazord. Um, and hold on, I'm trying to find the name of this here. Uh, the big development is that when Void Knight turns good, he gives this ancient morpher to Zato, and Zato's able to unlock a new um, power-up for himself, uh, which was in the uh, which was in the um, Sentai, according to uh, according to Anthony. It's called uh, Dino Knight Armor, which is uh, yes. pretty cool. It's really awesome looking. Uh, and uh, I'm pretty sure, I don't know if, I'm, I think this is permanent now. Apparently, after a couple of episodes of Void Knight kind of, you know, being on the run from the villains because Void Queen's taken over, uh, he gets taken over and his mind gets corrupted. And now he's a new villain called Void King. I think it was called Void Queen, a king. Uh, it was king. Yeah. And uh, not really much else. I mean, we'll talk about the individual character development um, now, but. That's basically what's happened in the story. There's still 11 episodes left. Um, and, uh, yeah, but a lot of things have happened. And, uh, well, yeah. Um, so to kind of break the ice with the characters, um, 
I guess, I guess we should just jump. Well, actually, no, no, no. First, uh, we should probably talk about what we think about these new villains dynamic. Um, I said this in the previous video that I really liked the villains in season one because it it feels very common uh, writer esque. Because I don't know if I said this in the in the previous video, but like there's a huge difference in how villains work in Common Rider and Sentai. So like in Sentai, it's like the villains almost seem like a really organized, like there's some really organized military thing. Like you have the boss, then you have the generals, then you have the monsters and all that. But in Common Rider and maybe, and Anthony, I hope you kind of agree with me when I say this, it's less formal and organized and it's mostly like just a couple of people just wandering around. They don't have a base and they create villains, ra monsters randomly. Like, it feels very less organized. Like, do you agree with me on that or not? Oh, def definitely. Like, um, like I said, it's just, I just didn't like it. Honestly, I just didn't like it. <laughs> well, yeah, but I feel like I get that vibe from the villains here where, you know, Voidite's not evil. He's just a guy who wants to save someone that he loves and he's willing to do whatever it takes, even if it means hurting other people. Um, and I think Void Knight probably has the strongest uh, story right now. Um, I, I really like how after he saves his wife, he's, you know, he doesn't want to hurt anyone else. I feel like he has a pretty strong story. Um, it, it's pretty standard, but I do like how he, up until, you know, he turns into Void King, that he doesn't have, uh, that there's no mind control involved. Um, right. but what do you think of Void Knight? Um... I, I like the fact that, like, he he is basically, like, a villain that, that doesn't want to be a villain, but he doesn't realize he's doing anything wrong. He just, like, he didn't really care about the the humans. He just was like, I just want to get through his sports. But I think what it was was that, like, because someone else, just because the, the woman he loved basically went crazy and, like, was going, hey, I'm, like, screw the humans because, you know, they, they hurt us, so let's hurt them. And he's like, well, I mean... I kind of did that, but I kind of did that for you to save you. I didn't mean to hurt them. I was just, it was just kind of like, you know, they get hurt. Oh, well, but now I'm kind of like, like basically thinking back, like, wow, I really did some messed up stuff to people and I did it without remorse. And I'm starting to see why, you know, like now my, now my wife is doing something worse than that, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, Riz, what do you think? Of the villains? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I like Void Knight's um, path into being not a villain and not a hero, but like just a, a guy trying to do the right thing to save his wife and, you know, stop mass murder from happening. Um, I think the the core villain group we have this season. Void Queen's interesting, but I gotta say, Mucus and company need to tone it down a bit. Oh, yeah. yeah. I agree. Um, I definitely agree with that. Mucus has no point in the season or series annoying. at all. Well, okay, yeah, they're annoying, and that's probably a role you want to have, but not a role you really need. And I, I don't know, I just didn't like that dynamic. I think 
I think they could have done some better henchmen in that. Somebody who could better complement Void Queen. Honestly, aside from Void Knight and um, and uh, Void Queen, the the villains like you know I guess the ones who villains who comes from Ryu Soldier, they're incredibly forgettable. Like I'll be honest, I literally have to look up on Ranger Wiki right now just to know their names. I remember Mucus to be fair, but like I I can't I couldn't remember the one that's like themed after a ship. I think his name is Wreckmate or something. And I still don't remember the name of that other one. Uh, like, that's how forgettable these villains are. I can't remember their names that much. So but, whenever they brought in, like, Wreckmate in one of the early episodes of season two, I actually looked at it and I was like, were you a villain last season or did you just come out of nowhere? Like, that's how forgettable he was. I don't remember anything about him from season one. He only appeared in one other episode before before he came back uh, in, in the... Uh... And, that was, and that was when uh, when they uh, introduced Ion Zord, I think. And uh, wait, what's the name of the other guy? Uh, Slyther. Never mind. Slyther, yeah. yeah. I don't remember the names of these villains. I'm sorry. Um, they're not memorable people. Yeah, they're not. I mean, at least like in a, at least like with villains that I don't like, like with, uh, like most of the Operation Overdrive villains, at least I remember how bad they are. These villains aren't, don't even leave an impression on me. Yeah, I, exactly. I still freaking remember Chubo and I hate his ass, so. Yeah. But as for the um, ranger characters, um, so uh, we've already gone over our thoughts on them initially. But of course, uh, you know they all have a, you know we all have uh, different developments for them. So we'll go over them uh, one by one. Um, so uh, with Zato, um, Zato probably feels like he's at least to me, and you guys can disagree with me if you wish. Uh, I feel like Zato probably has the least change or progress here because, um, you know, the, the only real major development that I see is that there's the whole thing of him wondering whether or not he can trust Void Knight, which I like. I think that was legitimate. Um, yeah. Good Red Ranger development. That was on yeah. point for being a Red. You don't oh, yeah, trust totally. your former enemy. Like, that's just not a thing you do. Aside from that, Dude. though, I don't know many other things that he's done. And there's a huge problem that I have, and I'll go into more details with this when we talk about, like, general thoughts. The very last episode of the season, it seems like it's a great – it seems like it's a really cool um, idea for a Zato episode. It's the episode where uh, Tarek becomes Void King, and uh, Zato has to come up with, like, a new strategy to, uh, you know, defeat him because his – tactics with his dino knight armor aren't working that could have been a great episode to like maybe cause him to question whether or not you know he really whether or not he's a good leader because he trusted void knight and then void knight is like you know turned against them again but here's the problem that seems like a zato episode in fact Z the climax is zato versus void king one-on-one but it's not a zato episode it's an episode about javi entering a singing contest and someone stealing his song 
Yeah. So, that was <laughs> yeah. That's a huge problem. And I'll go into more detail on why I don't like that at the end because my problem isn't really related to Zato as, mu- as it's much not as Javi. It- it's not really Javi that, that you know, that he's not even to blame because it's not even his fault that it was happening. It's just how the show was written because Javi's now written very better now from what I've seen in the episode. So, yeah. So I feel like Zato probably has the least progress this season. Do you guys think so? Or uh, it's either him or Amelia. And I still like Amelia. I do. But I don't remember much. Well, actually, no, no, no. She had some decent focus in the first episode when she has to run the uh, newspaper when Jane and Jay Borg are out. Did she have any other focus episodes, though? I can't remember. Before, before this one? In season one. Um, I mean, it was the thing with season her season and her grandpa. Um, yeah, I'm like, sorry. Yeah, because like I remember, uh, the like she found from her grandpa, which when she did well in her ranger form, the grandpa explained to her that like her parent disappeared, so like he basically took care of her after that, and, and you know, she there's some big mystery of what what happened to them, and hence why she's into, um. Miss like solving mysteries and ghosts and all that kind of stuff. The supernatural is because of her parents missing, and you know she wants to find them and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think, uh, Riz, on uh, Zato's progress, though? Uh, Zato doesn't really. So there are two things here. One, you miss something that I feel is development for Zato in a little way. Um, in the first few episodes, they're looking for their planet, Rafcon. And I think while there's not, like, a character change to go with it, it is an important story moment that he is spending the time trying to locate Rafcon. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that now. Um, yeah. so I think that was something worth mentioning at the very least for Zato. As far as, like, character development and character growth, um, the only thing he's really done is solidify he's a good red because he doesn't trust Void Knight like everyone else did immediately. Like, beyond that, Zaito just didn't do a lot. It, there was too much interference from other characters that I will not name right now. Yeah. Uh, what about Amelia? Um, like I said, uh, Amelia, I remember one focus episode in this season. I'm sorry, I meant season two, Anthony, not season one. Uh, oh, okay, okay, okay. No, then, then, no, she had no development whatsoever. But she's still awesome. I still like her. I mean, there's nothing. It's just the the show just needs to focus on different characters instead of just focusing on on particular few that we don't like. Hence, on the wrong characters. Yeah, exactly. Um, now as for Ollie, um, Ollie, I feel Ollie probably has the most positive progress because, like in the early, like in season one, we see him constantly be this like incredibly, uh, you know, snobby type of person. Like he constantly talks down to Amelia because she believes in ghosts and. Uh, we get actually this really good episode. I remember bits and pieces of it where this professor or like this science character 
is, um, you know, that he worked, that he idolizes comes and like, you know, says that he shouldn't be so skeptical of something just because it seems far-fetched. And that's actually pretty good writing in my opinion. I, and I don't know. I feel like Ali and Amelia are pretty, you know, match pretty good. But do you guys agree or what do you think of how Ollie has come? Um, Ollie is honestly one of my favorite characters at this moment because he he's saying his entire like everything about him from last season. Like he used to be this um annoying, know it all, arrogant guy that nobody liked. And he would always be little Amelia for her paranormal interest. But now he's been humbled a bit by his science teacher and he actually helped Amelia with her paranormal research. And I mean, you know, he might be under the guise of, yeah, I'm just here to give you a skeptical opinion to kind of help you. But that's still way better than what he used to be. Absolutely. So good on Ollie for, you know, Getting some empathy and humbleness. Anthony, speak words. Yes. About Sorry about that. I was uh, talk- I was talking to my cousin for, for a second. Um, with Ollie, I-, I really start to like him more now than I did, like, you know, starting off. Because, like, like y'all said, he'd, he'd be kind of like a complete, you know, D-word, so... <laughs> But he's, but he's improved, so I, I appreciate that. And I see that uh, he's a little nice on Amelia now. <laughs> yeah, I would say they're probably the couple for this season. They're going to hook up. I already know they're going to hook up. It's been hanging out since freaking season one, episode three. <laughs> like, come on now. I think it was since episode one, actually. Yeah. Well, episode one, they just they just first met and they were kind of like you know just getting know like the, trying to get to know it like get to a feel for each other at first. I think was it the second episode when they all got together and they and they tried to figure out how to do their morphs correctly and then the third episode. It. I'm trying to figure out which I think it was it episode three where. They were talking that fortune, that fortune lady, or was it the second episode? I think him. I think maybe the third episode. I think. Well, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm moving on. It was small tangent over. Yeah. Um. Now the character. Uh, we'll move on to the character that I feel like has made the biggest growth. Uh, Javi, the Black Ranger. Um, oh yeah. You know, I don't remember much of what he did. Like, okay, I liked him okay in the first season. Like, he's a, like he's a really caring big brother to Izzy. And, you know, we kind of established that he wants to be a singer. But this, this season, at least so far, has done like two or three episodes that really expand on that. Because, you know, we established that uh, this was kind of hinted at in the first season, but it's really fleshed out here. That um, his dad, his dad, who's an established character, we've seen him in multiple episodes before. In fact, I think we saw him before we even met Izzy and Javi. Um, yeah, he did. Episode one. Yeah. 
Um, he doesn't approve of Javi wanting to pursue a career in music. And there's a really good episode where um, he expects Javi to show up at some award ceremony where he gets a medal and Javi wants to go, but then he gets a chance to play with a band on live TV. And then his dad gets really angry. And then, you know, but then he, but then he sees his son playing and he realizes that, you know, I want my son to support me with my, with my achievements. So I need to support him. And, and they make true on that because in another episode, we see his dad like being very supportive of him when it comes to his singing. So I think that, um, Javi probably has the most growth if only just, you know, seeing him stand up to his dad and wanting his father's approval. Um, to the point where in only like one or two episodes, you fix Javi to the point where like, if the next 11 episodes we don't have a hobby episode, it'll still be fine because I feel like you've really wrapped up Hobby's character in a really mm. positive way, in my mm. opinion. What do you guys think? You want to go first, Riz, or me? Uh, do you go do first time. Dude, okay. So <laughs> I was so freaking proud that he slipped his dad because I was like, because he was like, you're such a freaking hypocrite, man. Like, I'm tired of doing, I'm tired of doing this. I'm just like, yo, finally, that's what I was waiting for. Just, just get on him. But yeah, like, now I'm still somewhat don't really like the dad that much, but he kind of grew on me a little bit because he's supporting his son. I also kind of fun, kind of find it funny now that like whenever he his son had won that uh that music that music thing. He's over there bragging like, "Oh yeah, my son won this," and I. He's like posing, taking selfies with the with the uh, statue, and it's like not statue, but the freaking um, trophy. And it's like, Lord, he is one of those dads that like that 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 is competitive as, as all hell. <laughs> Whether it's music or sports, he he'll, he'll <laughs> if you win something, he'll definitely like you know, brag back to his friends about it. <laughs> And Riz? All of the above. Javi had some good improvement here because of his dad and him storyline. Um, I'm, I'm very happy to see that, you know, he, he and his dad have grown to have an understanding of each other. That's, that's kind of important to me to see in a story like this. Mm-hmm. I think they've been listening to fans complaining about how, how underdeveloped Javi was last season. Was like, oh yeah, we gotta definitely gotta gotta get this character on on the right track. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. All right, now we can talk about uh, our unless um, unless Anthony, uh, you know, might disagree with this. I think uh, Izzy is the consensus favorite ranger in this little group of ours of this season. I mean, she, yeah, favorite. she's definitely a favorite of mine. Okay. Izzy's the um, red. So Izzy does not only has one episode that well, okay. There is one that she kind of shares a, a little bit with Ion, just a little bit, but she only gets like one solo focus episode. But it is an amazing episode because of how subtle it is in regards to the um to the uh to the, um, you know, just the whole LGBT thing with her. So as we established in the previous video, Izzy is a lesbian. That's how, you know, that's, you know, what got 
this season nominated for the reward. Well, we get one episode where she and her girlfriend, uh, Fern, want to go, you know, are going to the prom. Um, her mom uh, is, you know, apparently volunteers to, like, make them both outfits. And, uh, you know, Izzy wants to wear a tux while Fern wears the dress because I guess that's how they've established that their relationship works. And oh, uh, it's established that Izzy does not like wearing dresses at all. Like, she hates dresses. Like, that's not her thing. Yeah. Exactly. And the whole point of that episode is that um, she gets Fern's dress and she lo- and she thinks that her mom made it for her. And we apparently, um, it's not stated specifically because, you know, I guess they don't want to, you know, say anything too much, I guess, which makes sense. This is a kid show, so you don't want to, you know, go too far with that stuff. But they do give subtle hints that apparently Izzy's mom had trouble accepting that she was a lesbian because, you know, when she was a kid and she was a bit more, you know, tomboyish in nature, you know, her mom liked to, you know, make her wear dresses and, like, you know, take photos. And, again, they don't say anything, you know, like, they don't use the lesbian word or anything, but they do establish that Izzy's mom had some difficulty accepting it at first, but she has accepted it. And, and you know, Izzy feels really bad when she thought that her mom was trying to force her to wear the dress and, you know, everything ends pretty great. That might be my favorite episode of the of this new season just simply because you know it's a very subtle way of you know kind of addressing some of the issues that an lgbt individual might face you know they can't they can't they don't want to say anything like very specifically because this is a kid show and a kid show about action regard but it's it's very subtle and they handle it about as perfectly as a show like power rangers can handle it maybe even better than you would have expected that's why the episode is my favorite. Um, but what do you guys think? Um, I thought that episode was really well done. Um, for all the reasons about the LGBT community. But the other episode where she's competing with Ion, um, I feel like that could have been done better for Izzy. Um, because a lot of the episode focus that could have been given to her trying to work things out with him was taken away from her and given back to Ion to work it out himself. And, like, they didn't really have, like, any discourse or conversation about, dude, you kind of really screwed me over here. Like, that was taken away from her, and he did it himself, and I didn't really like that as much for her. That episode sucked. I hated it. <laughs> uh, Izzy is probably still my favorite of the bunch because, like, her actress just has a lot of energy and, like, you know, personality to the character to the point where, like, even if she doesn't say anything or she has an episode where she, maybe she only has, like, one or two lines – she just oozes personality, and, and I just love it. You know, I think she might be... She's actually a very talented actress. Uh, right. That's probably one of the main reasons why I like her, just that she's able to act even when not saying lines, if you know what I mean. Exactly. 
and like take even if she, I'm not saying like that saying that that even if the girl wasn't get wasn't a lesbian, she's still a fine character regardless. Like like take like yeah. if or and she's still a good character regardless of what she what she likes and what she doesn't like. Because well how she's written. Because she's got a lot of sass. She's got a personality. She got she she's literally like got more personality than than in well not all but any of the other radio seasons I've seen thus far. Yeah, I can see that. Definitely. Let's talk about uh no none of us want to do this. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why that's why I'm like mm. I do. The worst char- the worst ranger character Ion. All right, I got this. I got this, Nate. I got this. Okay. Ion was an overplayed character in the first 11 episodes of this season two. Um, I think that's the most focused episodes of all six Rangers in in this season. Like, he has, like, five. It's only 11 episodes. Right. Help him. He always ends up conceited, arrogant, um, self-centered and egotistical, and he never seems to really grow. Like he'll, they claim he grows, but then he hops right back into being an annoying little something. And dude, Ion, I'm not gonna speak for y'all, but Ion's approaching overdrive level bad to me. Oh, he is. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like when I say overdrive level bad, I mean for those that don't know. That's really freaking bad because oh my god, those characters suck too. Oh, but yeah. Ion Ion has done nothing interesting, um, meaningful, or had any good impact on the team. He he just kind of he's a sowboat with no impact, in my opinion. Like if he was not there, I feel like this season in the series as a whole would be higher on the list of like good PR seasons. But I mean in some ways, like in one regard, and I know this isn't like has nothing to do with characters, but I think he might be a little worse than any of the overdrive rangers in one regard because of that stupid accent that he's constantly putting on. Because it's like I mean the all the overdrive rangers like their voices always sounded weird because their accent is constantly slipping every five seconds when they're morphed. Their voices sound more natural than Ion's voice when he sound when he's morphed, especially when he's like "Mosa Blast." And by the way, okay, okay, can oh. this okay, Ion, shut up with the Mosa Blast thing. Like this is something I hate about the Nickelodeon era. They give all these routine attacks. Like big names. Like you shouldn't call it Moza Blast unless it's something like a finishing move. All you're doing is just shooting your blaster. Is it really that special of an attack? Will you just shut up with the Moza Blast stuff? That really annoys me how they're giving routine attacks. Big names like they're a finishing move. Stop that. Seriously. Yeah. But, but Nathan, I agree with you on that. But Nathan, Ion can't actually finish because he has no real ammo. He's a bunch of hot air. I guess you're right. So, to him, that is a final move, but it's not impactful because he's an idiot. And 
nothing against the actor, but what is up with his his audio work? He just sounds like he's phoning it in most of the time. I'm just like, what is he doing? Like, what direction are they giving this guy? Like, am I the only one that doesn't hear the accent? He might be having an accent because, like, no, like, am I the that doesn't hear this accent that Nathan's talking about? I mean, it comes off like an accent to me. I don't hear I an accent. I just, I, I just hear him. He just doesn't. He doesn't sound natural. He just sounds like he's phoning everything in. He says. I wonder if there's something behind the scenes about that. I don't know. I mean, my God, freaking, uh, what was his name? Tyler's dad sound more phoned in. He was dubbed over, mind you. Yeah. I'm still laughing at the freaking dino dino charger. <laughs> his face. There was oh, that um, one episode that just made me like roll my eyes. Like, how stupid is this guy? Is this episode where um, the live stream of Buzz Blast gets hacked by this little girl and she puts on a clown mask and she's telling like really stupid jokes like, hey, like, what has four wheels and flies? A garbage truck, but I'm. And he, and he's laughing like, He's laughing like she's prime Eddie Murphy. Like it's the most hilarious thing that she's ev- that he's ever heard. Like, what? <laughs> How can you be entertained by that? That's like this. He's being entertained by dad jokes. How stupid do you have to be to unironically find dad jokes hilarious? This. This is uh, we're talking about here. Are we really surprised about how he feels about well, this, about the jokes? He's really overplaying the foreign alien thing too much because Zaito even Zaito him like that stuff. Yeah, he's like, like, why? Why are you finding this that funny? Was funny? That wasn't funny. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, Zaito's like, man, you're making me look bad to my peeps. Right. Oh my god! And these might be these two might be the last people on their on their planet. Oh my god! <laughs> and there's one episode where he does something that honestly might have bigger implications for the future of and I think the episode realizes. So there's an episode where um, both he and Zato are given birthday presents or a present for, um, I guess, some special occasion. Uh, he gets a motorcycle, and uh, Ali gives um, Zato these uh, nunchucks, the dino chucks. Yeah, dino chucks. Uh, and... But they're too powerful, and, you know, you have to be careful with them. But Ion decides that he wants to, like, you know, play around with them. And, you know, he ends up, like, you know, damaging them, and they end up getting destroyed. Now, ignoring the fact that, you know, that could have been a cool weapon to be useful in the future, and you just destroyed it, and they kind of shrug it off almost as if it's nothing. They also, and I don't know if this gets fixed or not, if this gets repaired or not, he destroys the storage locker that has all of Solon's spare parts and everything. And they have to, uh, and, you know, in order to defeat him, they create this motorcycle, um, which they use from spare parts from, uh, from an Ion's motorcycle. But here's the problem. What happens if, like, the Ranger, one of the Ranger's morphers gets destroyed? Or if a Zord gets badly damaged? Or one of their weapons gets destroyed? All the spare parts are destroyed. Ion destroying that storage locker is a much bigger deal than the episode is making it out to be. Yeah. 
Well, it should be, but you know how Power Ranger logic is. It's like, oh, we're just going to ignore that and then move on to the next thing. But they shouldn't. I'm not agreeing. I'm not saying that it's right, but they might do that because you know how Power Rangers are. Like, I mean, oh. this is what's on par with what Will does in the third episode of Operation Overdrive where, you know, he takes over – like. That episode I hate because, you know, we're also supposed to sympathize with Will. But in that episode, Will takes control of the shark, with, even though Ronnie tells him not to. He crashes the shark, and it's just like a wah-wah moment instead of being serious. And mm-hmm. he ends up wasting the ranger's time by them, like, having to get the zords, wasting time when the other people are doing this. Like, Will causes legitimate damage to the mission in that. And in oh. the... Also, add one more thing. He's also the reason why Flores was after them because he because he ignored the flight pattern that uh, uh, Andrew Harford had put on for them. He was he went super fucking uh, uh, he went super fast. I'm about to add, add that out. Super fast, and um, Flores was able to like basically know it was them because of how fast he was going. Exactly, but Ion destroying the spare parts locker. That's a that's like literally on par with something that Will did. And keep in mind this is Operation Overdrive Rangers incompetence that we're talking about. Ion is in Operation Overdrive level of incompetence. Yes. He's not a- Can we take a morpher away and call Jason back again to be gold? Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, that'd be great. Hell, I would take um crap, what's his name? Samurai Gold. Antonio. Antonio? I'll take Antonio right about now. I'll take Jim over him. Oh, hell yeah. I'll take her in a heartbeat over him. I'll take Jim and Jim. I, I, don't, I don't even care. Either one can have, have, have it for all I care. Yeah. They mellowed out over the years, so they should be all right. <laughs> And then there's an episode where he, uh, where P and Izzy find like a lot of money, and he goes out on like some shopping spree. It's just stupid. Like Ion should not exist. Okay, Ion is a waste of money. Like, oh my god, you know how much? How? how well, okay, that money could have went to. She could have used that money for like I don't know to maybe get into college or something like that. But no, like. Oh well, okay, he can exist. But put him in Operation Overdrive. So take Rose, who's a half decent Ranger character. Take her out of Operation Overdrive because she deserves better than that season. And put Ion in Operation Overdrive. Yeah, right. Let him be. Let him. Let him be the Pink Rangers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's, then it's all six of the Overdrive Rangers are terrible because right. Yeah, I know that we hate Operation Overdrive, but Rose does not. Rose, I actually do think, is an okay character. She does not, she deserves so much better. Take her, her in Dino Fury and put Ion in Operation Overdrive, and everything is perfect. Thank you for agreeing with me on, on Rose being a good character because she is really decent. She's really trying, but like, they just put her in, in a really bad season and they make her look bad in some episodes. I just hate the fact that they did that. Yeah. But uh, now that we, uh, uh, did you want to add anything? Uh, anybody else want to add anything about Ion? Who? Oh, and he sucks? No. TLDR, he is hot garbage. 
Moving on. Thank you. I'm not going to go so far as to say he's the worst sixth ranger ever. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I can believe those words. He's like the anti-Zane. Because you know how Zane was like very like, you know, he he had his moments, but like he wasn't really a bad ranger. He was just like kind of goofy, but kind of like, but when he gets serious, yeah. you know, he gets serious. But like, I can't, I can't think about this, but Ion, he just sucks. And you and you would think that like it's sim- they have similar I I can't really say I can't really say it's like the same storyline where like we're not sure if like because they were both I guess in how do I explain this without they were both lost in you know I guess stasis pause and they were and they weren't. Awaken for like you know however long they they've been they've been and then they wake up and they're already morphed and ready to fight I guess just one yeah. one's just a deranger than the other that's it well uh, if we want to talk about some more uh, general stuff I guess that's uh, what we can talk about now uh, okay the the first thing I should say that's really good is that uh, Jane and Jayborg are once again here. But they're toned, they're toned down heavily, and even when they're on screen, they're not really over the top. Like, I, can't me, this I actually don't mind them this season at all. Yeah. I can deal with them. What's that, Anthony? I don't know. I just, I'm just tired of the two duo bumbling characters. I'm just really tired of that. I need, they need to get out of that. Out of that, that but Bulk and Skull are so good. Well, you gotta replicate no. the formula. No. Change the formulas. <laughs> That's not compute. The comic book just really needs to stop. Yeah. And what happened? Just a little bit of a side note about the comic relief duo. Uh, now, granted, this is more applied to Beast Morphers than it is to Dino Fury. But if you're going to get a female comic relief character, and I'm looking at Ben and Betty from the previous season, don't get the actress to place the female comic relief character to be the hottest girl in the, in the show. Because Christina Cole, who plays Betty, that girl is way too hot to be in a comic relief character. I am still mad about that. I'm sorry. You know what's crazy though? I thought she was gonna be like one of the uh, the scientists that was gonna be assisting the uh, the Beast Wolf Rangers, which she yeah. kind of is, but she's not. She's still bumbling. I just it's don't not. They make it's so not. Bumbling. Don't lie to me. You're lying to me right now. I'm. I'm yeah. for real. Like 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 when the um when people were like still like reviewing on how the show was gonna be airing and whatnot, they basically made it seem like that. You know. She was gonna be the assistant to the Rangers or something. I don't know. I read somewhere, but I guess they must have been like, "This is just a like gotcha moment." Like she's come relief. I'm like, why? <laughs> yeah, and I follow Christina Ho on Instagram. That she she's too good for that part. And I I she did find her true love on set. Really? You didn't know that? Who, who is she? That. Who was she with that you met on set? Um, crap, what's his real what's his real name? It's the, I see post photos with him all the time, but that guy. Uh 
Was it the guy who played Blaze? Yeah. What? Oh, they got together? They're together, dude. What? I know the guy who played Devin just got married. But, uh, yeah, Devin yeah, got, got married. But the guy that plays Blaze is dating Christina. I did not know that. I thought they were just really good friends. You don't follow their Instagram very closely, do you? They were a lucky I couple. Follow his, I follow his Instagram, but he, but he, but I got so many people on there, so I, I don't really see his posts that much. So, Colby, that's his name. Colby, Colby yeah, Sam Strong, yeah. No, they're dating. Wow. Yeah. Well, moving um, just back to Dino Fury in general. Um, you know, th- this is someone I really wanted to talk about, like after this season ended, and I just I I just hinted at it when we were talking about Zato's character. So here is one huge problem that I have with Dino Fury, and I don't want to blame the writers because I feel like maybe this is some a spillover from like. The Nickelodeon effect, I guess you could say, because Nickelodeon does kind of have an effect on uh, the structure of Power Ranger episodes. I'm hoping that Hasbro will change this with their next season when it's the first full season to air on Netflix, and they they don't have any they don't have Nickelodeon executives breathing down their neck. So, a lot of things have happened in the uh, in the series. My problem is, is that I don't feel like every episode feels like it's way too standalone-ish and like, you know, it has like an episodic message. Because like I said, last episode of the season, Void Knight becomes Void King. He's a villain that can easily defeat the Rangers. In fact, he severely injures um, Ollie, Amelia, Izzy, and Ion. Um, and he's able to deflect Zato's best attacks. You would think that, you know, this episode would, okay, maybe it doesn't necessarily have to be a two-parter, but the way that an episode like this could work is that, you know, they, you know, Zato is possibly questioning whether or not he should have, you know, trusted Void Knight. Maybe the Rangers feel a little distraught over what's happened to Void Knight. Um, you know, because they thought the Void Knight was their friend, and now all of a sudden he's their enemy again. Um, you know, and, you know, maybe Zeta was questioning his skills, and, you know, he has to go through some training to, like, you know, find a way to defeat Void King. But that's not what the episode is. Like I said, the episode's main plot plays out like it's a normal episode where Hobby's entered a talent show, and he has to come up with a new song. That kind of plot doesn't fit in with an episode that has such an epic thing happening. And it's not just that episode. There's like there's like a three-part arc where Void Knight, um, you know, with you know, Void Knight turning away from the villains and um Void Queen taking over. And each of those episodes just have like really episodic you know, episodic things happening. Like, I can't remember what happens in the first one, but the second episode, the main plot is all about the the aforementioned plot of a little girl hacking the Buzz Blast live stream, and then Ion starts laughing at all of her stupid dad jokes, and then, you know, they eventually, you know, um, 
defeat, you know, they, you know, they're able to get it back online. Now, to be clear, the third part is legitimately good. It's all about, um, you know, the Rangers getting captured by a monster and, you know, uh, um, Zato has to learn to trust Void Knight in order to get the arm, and then he gets the Morpher to get, I guess we can call that his Battleizer, even though it was in the Sentai, but I guess it's the Battleizer. Um, so I think that works. But then there's another episode where that debuts a, a new Zord, the Terra Free Zord. That would normally be like a really big episode, but the bulk of the episode is all about Javi challenging this, like, this guitarist that just found the key and is wearing it around his neck to it. Like the, the, the point I'm trying to make is that even though there's a lot happening, I feel like every episode is too standalone and it doesn't have the epic story feel that previous seasons do. Like, do you get what I'm trying to say? Or what do you think? Like Riz? I'm trying to follow you. What you're trying to say right now. So, I don't, like, I don't think that, like, they should be inserted, like, the episode where Javi join where Javi is entering a talent show and has to come up with a new way to sing his song, that type of plot shouldn't be a major part of the plot in an episode where the Rangers get a new villain, like, where Void Knight has been turned bad again. Agreed. Yeah, no, that, that was bad. Um... And like the three quarter where, you know, Void Knight has turned good and, you know, Void Queen's hunting him. You should have more of the episode revolve around that and less over a plot where a little girl hijacks the live stream and then the friends come on. I think I think they're in this weird predicament right now, honestly, where Netflix has to keep the model of what Donna Fury season one was kind of built around for being for smaller kids, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they were kind of held to that standard to do stuff like that because Nickelodeon set the precedent for what Dino Fury's vibe was going to be. And honestly, while I don't like how they did it, those were the things that were typical of a Nickelodeon era season. Mm-hmm. And so I think bear with it. Let Netflix really get their hands into it with a brand new season after this, and it'll be better. But right now, yeah, I definitely see this as a problem. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, <sighs> you're. Yeah, I agree. There's too much focus on on the minor stuff, and they need to focus on actually like the story. <laughs> this is what we're following here, but um. I'm still wondering what happened to Zed because, <laughs> like, oh <laughs> yeah, here in this episode, I have my like, theories. I hope he he's not like one of those last minute villains. Like, oh yeah, we're I'm he's here in like the last episode. I'm like, no, this shouldn't happen like that. And it's, he's it's, gonna come. He's gonna come out in the last episode, and he's gonna become the villain for season thirty. <laughs> you think so? Yeah, that would be great. I guarantee it. He will become the villain so. for next season, and like, yeah, stuff's gonna happen. I think because there are already rumors that I've been reading. I'm not gonna go too much into it right now because this is definitely for a ran off later on. 
But there have been rumors flying around that in season 30, we're going to have crazy cameos from like all kind of OG Rangers and Listener Rangers and, you know, people from the past. Like, season 30 is going to go big. I know Billy is coming back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, I-, I get a feeling this is setting up to bring back a classic old villain to go with all the other people who are returning for the season. That would be a really great setup. Yeah, I-, I think that's what they're doing here. Like, they brought him in last season. He might appear, like, as a side thing for a little bit in, like, half an episode. But, yeah, he's gonna... He's going to be a big bad in season 30. I, I can guarantee it. Oh, and uh, speaking of past seasons, uh, we do have one episode this season where we see uh, archive footage where uh, they're going through uh, files of like previous ranger weapons to try to make. Like uh, we see them, uh, we see footage from Samurai with the Fire Smasher, uh, Ninja Storm with Tori Sonic Finn. And then we see like Mighty Morphin Wild Force and Ninja Steel with their motorcycles. Um, yeah. I think they also showed uh, at least a computer graphic of uh, the Solaris Knight's laser lamp. I could be... Yeah, I think they did. Yeah, I think so. References to past seasons, though, I'm glad that they do that, but it just seemed kind of forced. In that it's episode. not meaningful. There's no point in showing us that fast footage. I mean, they want to make a motorbike, they make a motorbike. Right, they don't need to be going back to archive footage. Like, oh yeah, like well, let's let's make turn into a, like a a quick clip show for everybody to waste time. And of all the individual weapons that you have to think about recreating, you decide to create that. You decide to look at the megaphone from Ninja Storm, the Sonic Fin. Really? Not that I not that I hate the hate that weapon because I mean it's a unique weapon, but I don't think it, it's needed here. That's what I'm trying. That's what I'm confused about. Yeah. Not even wrong. I'm I'm a ninja steel. I'm, ugh, not, ah, see, freaking ninja steel, ninja storm stain. So yeah, I will defend that season to the day I die. I mean. Aside from that, aside from Chubo, because I I hate Chubo. He's only he's he's like literally the only thing I like by the show, and a little bit of Lothor, but I don't like Chubo more because he just he's he has an annoying voice. He's just he's just a terrible terrible character. We'll go on. I don't have much else to say about Dino Fury. I just I I. I feel like this season has a lot of potential, and I can tell that the writers are really trying hard with this. But I think the problem, it really just is that, you know, this season is kind of affected negatively by, I guess you can call it the Nickelodeon effect, where, you know, yeah. they, where they kind of have to abide by a certain structure. And unfortunately, even though Nickelodeon is gone now, for they kind of have to make the show seem a little bit more like season one. So I understand why they're doing this whole thing where they, where they, you know, have like every episode feel like standalone, even if something big is happening. You know, like I said, you know, having, having an episode where, you know, Void Queen is taking over and Void Knight is on the run, but in the same episode, it's all about a little girl hacking the buzz blast. 
or in the episode where, you know, Void King becomes a new main villain and Zato has to find out how to defeat him is also the same episode where Hobby's entered a show and has to find a way to beat someone who copied his song. I, I don't think that they should be doing that, but I re- it's just what Nickelodeon did. And I just hope that Hasbro was able to kind of move away from that now when they have full control and they don't have, you know, a bunch, they have a bunch of Nickelodeon executives breathing down their neck. Right. But I am interested to see the second half of this season. I would probably give the first half so far. Uh, I actually might like it a little bit better than season one, just because it's it's at least given some story arcs for some of the characters. Like I said, the episode revolving around Izzy, that might actually be one of my favorite Power Ranger episodes ever now, just because of how, uh, just because I think it perfectly represents some struggles that LGBT individuals might go through. So, I mean, that episode alone really brings it up a huge level. And then you have Javi's story arc. And I feel like Ollie has made some progress. Ion does drag it down, but thankfully the other Ranger characters are good enough to offset anything that Ion does. Agreed. But Ion needs to go. Yeah, get him out of here, like, this show has already made some progress. Like, give us a female Gold Ranger. Like, take Rose and have her be the Gold Ranger in this season, and then he can be the Pink Ranger, and everything is perfect. Exactly. Like, get Just yeah. have Rose and Ion switch places. Did you guys want to give any further thoughts? I'm, I'm good, man. I'm good, too. Okay. Well, that wraps this up, guys. Um... We will uh, cover the second half of the season when it comes out. I'm not sure when it's set to come out. No, I. Huh? Nobody knows yet. Okay, it's probably gonna be the fall. Probably. I wish it wasn't, but it might be the fall before we get the next um, batch of episodes. I would assume that it, it, it at the very least, would come out a little bit later this year. Uh, We will, we will be sure to uh, take a look at it. the minute it comes out, no matter what series we're taking a look at. Uh, we will be getting back to um, the other series that we've been doing. Um, so we hope you guys will join us for that next time. If you enjoyed this video, uh, please give it a like. If you're watching on YouTube, that is. And leave a comment down below what you thought. you have anything you want us to cover, go ahead and uh, comment down below. Uh, check us out at AnimeSecrets.org and check out our Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook pages. Um, And we hope you guys will join us for the next review. We once again thank you guys for joining us. And we will see you guys next time on the Tokyo Secret Pod on the Tokyo Secrets Podcast. But until then, we'll see you guys later. See y'all later. Later.